we've got a big show planned. It is Father's Day, a special Father's Day show. Joining me in studio, the young woman who gave me that title, Molly Noonan, is in from New York. So, Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Father's Day, dads. Happy day to Cody, who's also here. Yes, who is not, not a father that he knows of. It's, uh, he's very excited that he is, uh, he is not a father as of yet. Thank you. Because Cody told me, uh, Cody told me uh, I'm not ready to be a dad. And I, I gave, told him a little secret that's not really a secret. Nobody's actually ready to be a dad. It just happens. Roger is here, too. Happy Father's Day, Roger. Well, Good to see you. you. And, and the best to you and uh, thank you. your family. And I hope it's been it a good not, day. Not the family. Today, it's all thank about you, the dads. It's, a it's all about us. All right. It's all about the dads. It's all about Fine. the dads. It's Fine. Not a, all right. Let me <laughs> tell you what's on the show. Because uh, after, after 5 o'clock, we are going to talk to a uh, professor, a Ph.D., an actual doctor who's going to tell us uh, how social media is affecting your mental health, positively, negatively. We'll talk all about that as somebody who is always on social media. We are also going to talk to Heather Owen from One Tale at a Time. They are doing a huge, huge capital uh, fund drive for uh, Chicago dogs, so we'll talk to her. And then after 6 o'clock, the Shepherd School of Irish Music is here. These students have accomplished something great, and they are heading to the motherland, and we are going to try to help them get there by telling you about a big fundraiser they have and hearing some fantastic award-winning Irish music. So we'll get to all of that and more. If you want to get involved, 312-981-7200. That is the phone number. That is also conveniently the text number if you want to follow us on social media and risk your mental health. And we encourage you to do so because if our mental health is suffering, why shouldn't yours? It's Brian Noonan Show on Facebook and Twitter. All right, that's all out of the way. Uh, Roger, did you have a nice Father's Day? Um, Have you had a nice Father's Day so far? I know the highlight is probably seeing me, but well, other yes. than that, did your and, own well, family actually, treat you it's well? Seeing Molly, well, you, sure. eh. yeah. you but she's in New York time. all the time now, so I never get to see her except yeah, on social media. She's a New Yorker, yeah, you know, and uh, she came home to uh, surprise her mother because Aww. yesterday we give a shout out on Father's Day. We'll give a shout out to uh, my wife Debbie who walked through the ceremony. She she actually got her first master's back in uh, December, but she walked through the ceremony yesterday. So she actually got to put on a cap and gown and go nice. through. And then she's getting her second master's in January. So uh, Can you know. believe? That's fantastic. Can you believe she's that smart and still stayed with exactly. me? Exactly. I don't right. understand. Yeah, sometimes book smart. Street smart, yeah. not always the same. Thank, thankfully, I got the street smart to trump her book smart in that uh, in that level. So we had planned because um, Debbie is uh, very involved in Molly's life, mm-hmm. as she you know you want her to be though, right? She's not a helicopter parent. She's welcome. Yeah, she's welcome. <laughs> so, so anyway, it was it was an endeavor to try to surprise Debbie with Molly's arrival. Yes, you might, Roger, call it the heist of all heists. It was months Ooh. in the making. It was, there were wow. every decision we've made since February has been based around whether or not it had a risk of spoiling the surprise. Ooh. And it all culminated yesterday. And you can ease up everybody. It happened. We surprised her. <laughs> we pulled it off. It was it was truly uh big, to the point where like at our house, Debbie handles the bills. So she knows okay. if I if I put stuff on credit cards. Ooh. She also helps Molly sometimes with with things. So we had to, I had to, I borrowed a credit card from my mom and paid her in cash so that we could buy the ticket. We had that to, is Molly flew in, Molly <laughs> uh, had to change, because Debbie and Molly will work uh, on Molly's uh, Southwest account together. Okay, so right. Debbie has, Debbie has access. Well, Molly had to change her password on that and then come up with a reason why she couldn't give 
her mom the password. Oh, it's a, I wrote it down. It's at home. I'll call after work, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And uh, then it was, all right, Molly flew in late Thursday night, went right to her friend's house, didn't come home Friday. And then uh, she and I, like clockwork, I said, all right, I'm going to be at the Airy Crown dropping mom off at 8 o'clock. You come by Uber and arrive after that and text me. And then she, so she came with all her bags and a beautiful balloon bouquet. We ran those down to the car. So Debbie didn't know Molly was there until as she was walking up, she was walking up the aisle to then you turn to go down to get in line to cross the stage. Uh She looked up because I told her where I was sitting and she waved to me. And then it was almost like a spit take. Yeah. She took two more steps and then she whipped around and she looked up and she saw Molly and, and pointed at her and then and did you the have waterworks. that big balloon? We were not allowed to bring the balloons inside, oh. so did it go exactly as it would have if I had been in charge of the event? No, but it was still pretty good. She saw me and then after they called her name, I ducked out, got the beautiful balloon bouquet, ran back in. That's neat. It was very nice. It was beautifully nice. planned. That is fantastic. Yeah, and she and she was surprised. I could tell by the you know <laughs> well, the, yeah. the amount of tears and uh, you know. So it was That's very nice. Marvelous. So congratulations. And in case to you're her. thinking, oh, yeah. you didn't have to change all your accounts. You guys made this into a no, because yesterday after the graduation, we asked her if she had been suspicious. She checked everybody's bank accounts to see if we had bought a secret flight without telling her. She's to get around sneaky. the surprise. Yeah. And so we so... have to be even more duplicitous. Yeah. Which yeah. we are. Yeah. You, you can't outline me. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna always be able to <laughs> always gonna be able to do it. So what did you do for Father's Day? Uh uh watch golf oh. uh and took another Good. nap. And because you know, <laughs> I've got the well, I got a nice card uh from Bridget. Actually it was there nice. when I got in this morning. She had put okay. it out already for me. Um and uh David's working. And uh, Sarah and the kids are—I don't know where they are—but we're we're doing uh, we're doing Father's Day tomorrow night. We're going oh, to Dale nice. Street Inn for a nice oh, dinner. Of course, sure. haven't been there in a while, and uh, so that's Father's Day is going to be on Monday. That'll be nice. So yeah, and then a week Good. from Monday is my birthday. Oh, so I just saw your name on the fridge. Yes, I was going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Co- all right, Cody. Fridge. We have to remember next Sunday. We got to do. Uh, we got to remember it's Roger's birthday. Oh, boy. <laughs> do we have a show next Sunday? We do. It's an hour. Oh, yeah, a very short show. Oh, it's an at-the-brewery show. Oh. So we'll buy you a beer. Oh, there you go. We'll buy you a beer next <laughs> week. Hey, I appreciate be, Yeah, that. listen. Spare no expense. That's the motto of this program and this station. <laughs> yeah. Spare no expense. No no cost is too high. Uh, is so there going to be we'll a, um, a charge at the door? No, to cover charge, in? no. The cover yeah, charge, we'll let no? you in. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you I tell appreciate me, it. We'll I know the bouncer. Yeah, tell me you know the owner. Come right in. We'll get you right in. Cody, you uh, you fa- you saw your father today? I did. It was nice. We had a little Good. nice little brunch, and uh, it was just a blast. Uh, coming off the heels of the Chicago Highland Games, which was yesterday, yes. which uh, I apparently is the largest Highland Games now in North America. I've been told. I, we should have promoted this beforehand, rather should than have. after the fact. Should have, yeah, but because uh, you know we love men in kilts. I love a guy who'll throw a telephone pole. Do they do that at the Highland Games? Oh yeah, sure, caper toss, caper toss. Uh, we love bagpipes. I like, well, I don't like haggis. Well, we missed the Scottish music, but today we'll have Irish so music. We'll have Irish so, music. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> Celtic, isn't it? Same it's island. All up in that, yeah, it's all up in that region, that area of the globe, that world part of the world that we uh, we do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, oh, so uh, yes, happy Father's Day to everyone. We hope you are uh, celebrating or, you know, it's hard. It's hard when your father's not around anymore. I know uh, for two of the three of us, that is yeah. the case, and that uh, you know you you remember that uh, the good times and stuff. And uh, there's a lot of people who step up and fill that role. So we wish you a happy day as well. 
Um, I received an experience for Father's Day. That's uh, we're going to a we're going to a cooking class, a Spanish cooking class. Ooh. Yes, and Molly actually is going to be home when this happens. So the three of us are going, and uh, we're going to we're going to cook uh, octopus and something else, and then we're going to have a, some sangria. And so sweet. we're sweet. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. Are you going to get the uh, the hat with the little? Um... Knitted balls that hang from the uh, I'm not, brim. Uh, talking, I'm not letting you know anything about my knitted uh, anything. <laughs> nothing, nothing that uh, you have to say is getting involved. No, no I don't know. I don't know where it's. Uh, so I'm excited. You That's because I like to cook, so it'll be good. And we, I'm just so tired. We don't need stuff because we're moving. And yeah. and uh, most of your stuff's packed. No, uh, not yet? it should be okay. a lot of a, lo- a lot of it's packed, but a lot of it too. There's a lot of. Um, my wife has turned our home into a Persian bazaar, <laughs> an internet version of a Persian bazaar. Uh-huh. Would you agree, Molly? Agree. She... There were a lot of, I woke up to the sound of a stranger's voice there to purchase something, and then throughout the day, several other people came to look at our stuff. <laughs> our tawdry wares. And, uh, We've got them all was, laid out on rugs lot. on the front yard. <laughs> Come and see my wonders. Come and see my wonders. There's a lot of things. A little snake charmer oh, in the front. I had, sure, I had a lamp that I sold. The guy kept rubbing it. I was like, no, the lamp, sir, please. Uh, not there. And, uh, yeah, oh, today we sold uh, two bookcases, a car, a snow globe, and a suitcase. Wow. If you're in the Chicagoland area and you need anything, and anything. I do what mean store hours? What do you need? Oh, we're open 24-7. Give us a give Through us a Thursday, ring. we're open 24-7. Come by. Uh, you know, don't mind the dogs. They'll only they'll only hurt you for a minute. But, yeah. oh, it's wild Brian's house of house of deals. Everything must go. I, I've said for many years that uh, I want to downsize. Oh, I like the idea. I like the idea of downsizing. Yeah, right. Downsizing in, yeah. in reality is a nightmare. Because everything, like last night, we went through um, DVDs. Because first of all, it's a dying medium. Would you agree, Cody? Nobody watches DVDs anymore. Sure. All the kids stream and Blu-rays. Well, we, we oh we have Blu-rays too. Oh. oh, we got Blu-rays. We got regular rays. We got all uh, Tampa Bay Devil rays. We got them all. <laughs> a lot of rays. A lot of rays in the house. You can call me Ray. I got, I got Ray Liotta. <laughs> Ray, Ray Liotta. I actually signed. He. I hired Ray Liotta as a manager of Crazy Brian's House of Deals. So while I'm here, Ray Liotta is in my yard selling stuff. Not just Chantix, the anti-smoking drug. Right. No, Ray is selling. Everything. <laughs> Ray is out there and he is listen, he knows yeah. everything is priced to move. That's of it. Course. Ray Ray is he's a I've motivated got some seller. Crazy deals. Crazy. He's gonna he, you know, what I make Cody. you laugh? Oh, it's time to go to the news. Adjust oh, the schedule because I heard we were busy, but now we've done some Ray humor. So we did a lot of Ray, back. a okay. lot of Ray humor. Okay, we got we got to do this. Uh, we got to do the news, and then we'll come back, and then we will find out why social media is affecting your mental health. Because you know it is. Don't kid yourself. You know we all got problems, and uh, social media is one. We did this happens every week where the. Uh, the pages are the, no, the five hour, the five oh. o'clock. Uh, you know, they got all this crazy stuff we have to say at the top of the hour, right? And it's never there. Cody brings me everything starting at five fifteen, um, <laughs> and we 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 start at four forty, yeah, four thirty. So you've got it in there somewhere. All right, listen. Just, yeah. There's all kinds of things. Listen to people on WGN. Listen to what they do. 
Uh, listen to Steve Cochran. Listen to Rokan. Here it is. Here are the sounds that matter. The top five <laughs> five from the Rokan show. Oh, uh, I'm not reading this, folks. I know this by heart. I mean it from the bottom of my crusty little valve. Um, the top five at five from the Rokan show with Anna Devlante's weekday afternoons on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN radio on TuneIn. Oh, it's five o'clock-ish with the news. Here's Pam Jones. Uh, if you're anything like me, you spend some time on social media. I know, Molly, you enjoy social media. Constantly. Probably not as you're constantly on social That's media. That's not true. But I am interested in this story because I feel like it's bad for us all. See, I, we're on there all the time. And we've heard we've heard for years that, uh, you know, sometimes it's draining. You're watching you're watching other people's Instagram feeds or their Facebook feeds or their Snapchat. And you think everybody's life is so much better than you. And uh, you just, oh, you don't measure up. And everybody is so, uh, so wonderful. And your mental health starts taking a beating. Um, is there any way to stop that? Is social media actually hurting us more than it's helping us? Well, I, I don't know. That's why I always turn to the experts. Dr. Yelena Kitsmanovich is a, an adjunct professor of psychology at Georgetown, and she joins us now on WGN. Doctor, thanks for taking some time this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay, so how, just in a general, before we start drilling down into specifics, how does, yes. how does one's mental health get affected by social media? Well, it, it seems it, it really is getting affected. I mean, you know, we've been talking about it for years, as you say, and now we are starting to have a lot of hard data showing that, uh, especially some uh, social media, uh, for example, Facebook has been studied quite a bit, uh, can uh, be related very much with depression, both, you know, just depressed feelings as well as what we call uh, clinical depression. And uh, there was a review, a very recent review this year, actually, that came out that reviewed a bunch of studies that looked at uh, this link between Facebook and depression, and it showed that both time, the amount of time we spend uh, on Facebook and frequency with which we check Facebook um, is related, actually, to depressed feelings. And, uh, and also the, the review suggests that it's mostly, not only, but mostly due to so this idea of social comparison, right? You know, seeing that, you know, other people's lives are so much more fabulous than ours, and we compare ourselves, we feel envious, we feel jealous, and then we, we, we feel worse about ourselves. Uh, and, you know, the tricky thing is that most people know that what we, you know, read on Facebook is not the all truth. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> our idealized truth, right? lives. Yes, it's everybody's best <laughs> life. Exactly. Sometimes I call it curated lives, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, like you go to a museum, it's a curated life. And we all know that. And yet it's like we can't help it, right? You, you see that and, and it, part of your brain knows, yeah, 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 well, this is not the whole picture, but, but we still can't help by, but compare ourselves and feel bad about ourselves in the end. Are there certain groups that are more susceptible? Because, you know, I'm sure there's people listening and, and myself, I'm like, all right, I, I look at Facebook, I go on there. It doesn't really, it doesn't affect me, but I'm, what kind of groups are more susceptible to this? Yes. Well, you know, we, uh, of course, uh, do know that the younger generations, you know, millennials, uh, you know, iGen, I uh, they've grown up uh, much more with digital media as well as social media than the rest of us, but a bit older, right. uh, or more than a bit older. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot, lot of research, a lot of research has focused on them. And it, it, it seems that, uh, you know, in some aspects, their uh, mental health is suffering. Uh, for example, uh, Jean uh, <clears throat> Twenge, 
she, she's a psychologist who's researched this a lot and, you know, looked at big, big sort of epidemiological samples. And it does seem uh, uh, to be the case where the younger people feel that they do have a lot of friends, lots of social connections, but they're shallow uh, uh, friendships, they're shallow connections, shallow ties, as, as she describes them. And um, it has been also hypothesized that they, this might lead a little more to like self-focused, you know, this kind of idea that the younger generations are a little more self-focused right. and not as, as social, as connected and so forth. So obviously, you know, it, it, it might be that, that the, the younger generations who grew up with it more are affected more. On the other hand, we have uh, evidence to suggest, which we also make sense uh, very much when you think about it, that people who are particularly socially isolated in real life and only rely on social media for uh, connectedness, that they are really most at risk, right? Because, that, right. you know, the, the, the rest of us, if we have both, well, then, you know, we're still doing fine. But if you rely exclusively on that and that kind of, you know, and you go into this rabbit hole of just kind of, you know, checking things and, and passively using media, I mean, not, not sharing anything but yourself, but looking at other people's stuff on and on and on for hours and hours and really don't have much social connections in real life, those people are really at risk. Talking to Professor Yelena Ketsmanovich about social media and your mental health. All right, obviously depression, a huge potential problem, and yes. social isolation. But what are some of the other dangers mm -hmm. that uh, people uh, people encounter if they... First of all, look, before we get into the dangers, mm -hmm. how much social media do you have to consume to actually be in danger of having your mental health affected? If, I'm, if I just look at it for a couple minutes a day, mm -hmm. am I in danger or am I the person who sits all day looking at social media, the person who's really yeah. worried? If you're doing it for a couple of minutes a day, you're not a danger. That that much we know. Uh, now, uh, what's the exactly the critical mass? Right? We don't know. We don't really have. You know, the, the research is still developing in that area. That said, I mean, there there are some interesting suggestions that. Um, that, you know, people are, are on average might spend uh, upwards of a couple hours on social media. You know, uh, uh, among, you know, younger generations that I work with, for example, in my therapy practice and so forth, um, you know, I sometimes ask uh, them to, to tally, basically to, to monitor, and which is, which is a very actually interesting exercise for all of us, to just monitor every time you go on social media or, like, on, for example, dating apps, or, you know, something that's very similar to social media, mm -hmm. just kind of write it down and tally it. And sometimes they're very shocked to, to, to realize that, you know, it might be like two or three hours a day. You know, and, wow. and that, that, that gets into, you know, obviously a, a little more harmful territory, as you can imagine. Because, you know, what, the question is, of course, what are we doing that uh, for? What, you know, what, right. what, are, what are we not we, doing? During yeah, that what time? are we missing yeah. out on for those hours? What, what are we missing out? Yes, so, exactly, exactly. So besides <laughs> the depression, now that we, we kind of yes. have looked over the timetable, where, what other dangers can we, uh, can we encounter? Sure. Well, there, there are a couple things. Um, so what I what I often hear again uh, is that you know people feel like it's a the uh, it's a constant popularity context in, in a way, right? So so they they are posting stuff. The people who actively use social media they post stuff. Then they they, they keep checking like how much likes did I get? How much you know how many comments did I get? What, what comments positive? And it's like this this constant pressure. Um, you know, to, to, to be popular, which, of course, people have felt from the beginning of time, right. but now it's just exaggerated because it's constant, right? And you can be checking constantly, you get notifications constantly and so forth. Well, Recently, sure, now there's, now there's hard numbers. Well, I posted this and exactly. there's, there's nothing there. Nobody must That's like right. it. That's right. 
No, nobody, yes. And, and it's actually inter interestingly, very recently I had a conversation with a, with a colleague of mine who's a psychology professor, retired psychology professor, uh, a pretty famous guy in his own field. And, uh, and he's kind of an old timer, you know, and he never used Twitter, for example. And, and recently, you know, he was getting together with some colleagues and they were saying, you know, we, with these ideas that you, you know, we have and we're going to die off. And before we die off, we really need to promulgate those ideas, you know, and talk <laughs> about them. And so he got on Twitter and he was telling me, you know, me, I am a clinical psychologist. I know all about it. And yet when I post something on Twitter, I, I keep looking. How many, how many tweets do I get? How many likes do I get? And he's like, what is wrong with me? You know, so. Uh, but you so can't, that's, it's, that's you innate. Know? Isn't, isn't that desire to be, uh, to have that kind of affirmation? That, that doesn't matter. Like you said, that's been going on f since man was man. It, I mean, Absolutely, absolutely. But just we did not have this, you know, constant ability to put something in the world and get feedback constantly, you know, all the time, you know, every minute of day and night, for that matter. I mean, talking about, you know, every minute of 24 hours, you know, we know, for example, that uh, uh, social media and, uh, you know, phone usage in general, smartphone usage in general, but social media in particular, you know, is, for example, very detrimental for sleep because, you know, recent surveys uh, found that uh, about 40% of teenagers and one-third of adults, uh, you know, go to sleep, basically, last thing they do is check social media or something else on their phones within last five minutes before they go to sleep. And then one quarter of both teenagers and adults wake up in the middle of the night to check their phones. Oh, geez. You know, so this, you know, this is pretty dramatic data, you know, and, and very often what we look on phones, of course, is notification from social media, sure. right? So, so, so this is, you know, this is unprecedented. We never in the history of, you know, time had that kind of, you know, ability, which, you know, ability on one hand, which is, you know, can be great, but also detrimental effects that follow from that, you know, ability to be con continuously connected, basically. I was also wondering, as you were talking about checking mm -hmm. for likes and comments and all of that, obviously there's an emotional reason why we're checking back. We want to make sure that people like us, that we're popular, whatever. But sure. isn't there also a little bit of a physical element of that, too, when I look at something and see, mm -hmm. oh, someone looks like, thinks I look great in this picture someone thinks it's cool that i'm doing this activity there's a little bit of an endorphin yes. release that's happening there too so is that part of the reason why you're addicted to social uh, media because it's like oh, a absolutely. taste of human connection but not the full endorphin but not release? the real thing no absolutely i mean you know some there are some again uh, uh, this, this research is in its infancy but there there is some research suggesting that you know some of the physiological things biological things that are happening in our body are very similar to you know other things that are kind of you know psychologically addictive so yes, we, we do. We, that's why we keep coming back because you get the little bit of dwarfness, right? And you, and, but then you know, the, the the more you get, the more you want, right? <laughs> and so and so, in the end of the day, you know, when you know when people are last in the evening, you know, uh, off off, you know, checking constantly and let's say having your notifications on all the time. Do you feel better on, you know, during a day when you had notifications on all the time and no matter what you were doing, you were interrupted? Or maybe a day when you didn't have notifications or right. maybe a day when you bunched up. There's this new idea of bunching up a notification. So, you know, you that actually some of the new uh, programs and devices allow you to do that. So instead of getting notifications constantly, you can say, Three times a day, I want to get notifications, and and it turns out that these people in the third group do the best. Dr. So you see, so it, which is very interesting, right? It's it's kind it of you, just, you still get that positive, you know, uh, feedback, but it's not constantly, you know. Right. Dr. Yelena Ketsmanovich is a adjunct professor of psychology at Georgetown. Doctor, if you can hold on for a minute, we got to take a quick break. But I want to I want to ask you when we mm -hmm. come back how the, how then in this age of social media where we're not gonna we're not gonna get rid of it, we can't escape it. How can we protect yes. our mental health? And then 
there has to be something mm-hmm. good about social media. We'll find out <laughs> more about that. Maybe, yes. maybe not. Uh, Dr. Kitsmanovich will talk to us about that on the other side. It is 720 WGN. How much is social media affecting your mental health? More than you might think. Uh, Dr. Yelena Ketsmanovich is an adjunct professor of psychology at Georgetown, and uh, she was interviewed. I saw this uh, this story first in the Tribune, and that's where we uh, found out about uh, Dr. Ketsmanovich. So mm-hmm. we've been talking about the dangers, Doctor. How can we? Because uh, let's be honest, I'm on social media. You're on so everybody's on social media to, yeah. uh, to a certain extent. How can we yeah. then protect our mental health? Yeah. Yes. Well, overarching message, uh, I believe, is everything in moderation, including oh. social media, right? As, you know, as yeah. uh, Aristotle said, everything in moderation. So, you know, most of my tips, you know, really revolve around that. And so, you know, specifically, uh, for, for example, first thing, being uh, very much aware that uh, you limit when and where you use social media. So, uh, you know, don't sit in a restaurant with, uh, on a date and pull the phone and check your social media. I mean, it seems, you know, like, duh, we should all know that, but you, you'll be you'll Oh, it's be amazing. No, you it, look it around is. any restaurant, and you can look yes. at just about every table, yes. somebody is looking at their phone. Uh, Sometimes every person at the table is looking at their absolutely. phone. Absolutely. The other day, I was a family of five, three kids, two parents, each of them was on the phone, right? <laughs> so, you know, so we, we know, I mean, there's, there's actually really a, a, a nice research done uh, looking at a, a group of people who interacted with, either with a family or friends, one, one other person, yeah. and they just had the phone. They didn't check the phone. They just had it on the table. And then another group of people were instructed not to have the phone on the table. And actually people who had the phone on the, ta- on the, on the table, not even use it, they felt more distracted and actually uh, reported having reduced in enjoyment yeah. in during the meal which is kind of fascinating right it's it's there and it, it, it just kind of you know it's so it's so attention seeking right well sure if it's so, there you want to you got to look yeah. at it i, I have to exactly. see it well, it can't just lay there yeah. i've got to exactly. see exactly especially especially if you have notifications and that goes back to this you know limit how you use also phone or social media you know maybe maybe you have it there because you know you you are waiting for urgent call from you know a sick relative and so forth but turn off the notifications you know be mindful of that if you if you're playing with your kids or you you're interacting uh with a colleague about you know an, an important thing a uh, project that you need to do or if you're trying to go to sleep you know at least put it on airplane mode or turn off uh, in, in a notification at least that you know, if, if not, turn it off completely. But, you know, just kind of being mindful of when and where we and how we use it, right? Should we try to take breaks mm-hmm. from social media completely and say, all right, for even if I start for a day or have to, that I'm not going to, I'm going I'm to walk away for a little bit? Yes. Interestingly, it does seem to help. Now, you know, a lot of people might hear this and, and, and say, oh, my God, I could never do that, right? <laughs> and so, so, you know, what, but that's what I hear often, right? That, yes. That response. So, so what, what I like is, 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 like really is a recent piece of research that shows that even limiting, uh, for example, uh, they, they, in the, they had the university students from University of Pennsylvania, uh, a group of them, for three weeks, limit their uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat time 10 minutes each daily. And so he wasn't completely getting off social media, but limiting it pretty dramatically, right? Mm -hmm. And after the three weeks, they showed actually uh, significantly lower loneliness and lower depression than wow. at the start of the study compared to the group that didn't do that, that used, you know, social media as usual. Um, so That's, so a, that's amazing. It, yes. 
that that's you know that's only three weeks and yeah. that's not complete detox as i call it you know right. detox <laughs> meaning you know getting off completely now we we do have a couple of a uh, couple of studies that show that actually you know, complete detox for even just five days can reduce your stress. And uh, this, this one study showed that they were measuring cortisol, which is one of the main stress hormones, and they actually found lower cortisol after five days of being off Facebook in a group of wow. people. So, you know, so it's worthwhile. You know, yeah. if, if you can pull it off, it does, does definitely <laughs> seems to help. Before so, we before I let you go, there's you know we we can lambast social media. We say, oh, it's this, it's this and this. It's a time drain. What what good things come out of social media? Are there benefits? Yes, 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 absolutely. I mean, we we know that uh, you know that uh, social media has has sort of equalized the, the plane. A lot of people feel that their voices have been heard through social media. People who, uh, groups who have been marginalized and not, you know, not heard in, in kind of mainstream communications before and, and conversations before. And so, so that's, that's a thing. That's a big positive that came out of that. And then, again, if, if used in moderation and if we are uh, uh, mindful of how and when we use it and why we use it, why is a big uh, question as well, then I think it can contribute to our sense of, you know, keeping up with, with friends, maybe the friends who don't live nearby, with whom we don't, we're not in touch all the time. As long as it doesn't interrupt our, you know, everyday life and I actually real-time connections, you know. Well, Doctor, I appreciate you taking time to actually have a conversation. We didn't, uh, we didn't tweet this. We didn't uh, Facebook post <laughs> oh, it. Oh, sorry, actually... I've been live streaming oh, this whole yes. thing. Molly's <laughs> been live tweeting it, so it's it, it, we kind of mixed it all in. But thank you so much for your time and your insight. I appreciate it, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. You're you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on the air. Take care. That is Doctor Yelena Mena. Oh, I'm sorry, Yelena Ketsmanovic. Dr. Yelena Ketsmanovic. I did so well while I was actually talking to the doctor, and then I hang up. Well, and you're I soaking up all this knowledge. She dropped a knowledge a lot bomb of knowledge. on us. And, and interesting stuff because we're always on social media. You know, I'm I'm on social media an average of 18 hours a day, <laughs> and I think that maybe I may have passed critical mass. But maybe. you know what? I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to. Some... I liked her. She was, she was so cool. Oh, no, she was very cool. Wow. It was, and it you. was. I loved the. I I liked how things change. Um. You know, just from a short, a short detox. All right, Cody. <laughs> Cody's like, what happened? Who likes candy? Molly, you like candy? I love it. All right, who uh, who wants a twenty five dollar gift card to Anderson's Candy Shop? I, I bet do. you do. No, you can't get any. Uh, sorry, and unfortunately, I don't have any to give to the doctor, which is uh, which is sad. But I can give it to you if you are the fifth caller at 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Happy Father's Day. Uh, you don't have to be a dad to win, but um, you have to at least think of your dad, whether positively or negatively, while you're eating <laughs> this candy. A $25 gift card to Anderson's Candy Shop with locations in Richmond and Barrington or online at andersonscandyshop.com. And you're invited to Anderson's 100th anniversary party on June 29th and 30th in downtown Richmond and the Anderson's Candy Shop on Main Street. So, fifth caller, 312-981-7200. You are getting some candy. That will be dandy. Oh, I like how I rhymed that, Molly. I loved it. Are you impressed by my uh, my ability to just freeform some uh, candy wraps? I felt like it was fine. All right. Listen, that's that's the kind of rousing endorsement I expect. The lines are lighting up for this candy. Listen, people are people are there. People are going. Well, I said caller five, Cody. Are you, I, Cody? Uh, Cody, you know what it is? 
Cody's a little put out that you're here. You know, Brian. Usually, when when you're not here, when nobody Cody's Cody's the guy, and now Cody's getting a little territorial. Cody, I, I understand. No, he feels I, a bit threatened. This is a we've done so many podcasts. The gang is back together. Let's honestly, rejoice. Let's all have fun. Let's give this candy he's away. Not, he's not listening. You're honestly a better, uh, more likable co like uh, air person I'm sorry, than me. I think Cody just had a. <laughs> Stroke. <laughs> producer, okay. I, I can't even I string a sentence together. I know. I think we, we really need to. You know what we'll do? Let me we'll give go you to a... the news. Mm. Cody will try to answer the phone while we get medical attention for him. <laughs> um, if you just work, if if you can only hit the, the, you know, the phone with your nose or whatever to answer it, mm -hmm. and then just mumble something. Okay. And then the fifth person you mumble to gets some candy. Sort of been doing for ten years, Brian. Perfectly. I know. Uh, listen. I know. On the other side of the news, we will find out what one tail at a time is doing to help dogs in Chicago. We'll get to that. But first, I must tell you that it is 530 on 720 WGN. That means it's time for the news. And here's Pam Jones. Molly Noonan is here with me today. It's uh, my Father's Day treat is getting to, uh, to have her in the studio so she can bask in all my radio genius. They have the best hot cocoa in the kitchen here, you guys. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, also, we are really? doing this show. <laughs> all right, that's all good. All right, listen. We have uh, we are dog people at the Noonan House. We have uh, we have two dogs. We have had uh, we have had many many other dogs in the past that have come before. All of our dogs have been adopted, and uh, you know I've I've talked a lot about uh, adopt don't shop. I'm a big believer in that, and uh, and helping out because there's uh, you know yes there's a lot of there's a lot of causes in the city, and yes people are asking you for money all the time, and uh, so when there's when there's a good cause, you should, uh, you should think about it. Heather Owen is the executive director of One Tale at a Time, and they are in the midst of a huge project. And Heather joins us now on WGN. Heather, hi. Thanks for taking some time this afternoon. Hi, Heather. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. So before we, go, uh, before we get started, tell, it, tell people about One Tale at a Time. Sure. So we've been around actually for over 10 years now in Chicago, but we started really small. Um, I actually started the group when I was in school and we just were taking a couple dogs at a time. But over the years, we've grown, gotten bigger. We now have a brick and mortar adoption center in Bucktown. And um, we're on track to save over a thousand dogs this year. We have a kitten program. We do all sorts of um, community support projects. And we're, we're really just kind of trying to grow as much as we can and save as many animals as we can this year. How serious is the, uh, the problem here in Chicago with uh, dogs? Um, it's very serious. And I will say that over the past couple of years, and specifically the past four years, our shelters have gotten so much better, but it's still urgent every day. There are over 300 dogs in Chicago Animal Care and Control alone every single day waiting for someone to come and adopt or a group like One Tail at a Time to come and rescue them. So every single day we're fighting the clock for these dogs. So is there is there a difference between a rescue like One Tail at a Time? Because you just you just said you guys will rescue them from Chicago Animal Care and Control. Where What's the difference? Yeah, so the difference is that Chicago Animal Care and Control has to take in every animal that comes their way. So they take in over 16,000 animals a year. They simply don't have the capacity to deal with all of those animals. So nonprofit groups like One Tail at a Time will come as often as we can and try to relieve the pressure by taking some of those dogs out and putting them through our adoption programs. And your goal at One Tail at a Time, and I'm sure it's shared by a number of rescues, is to make Chicago a no-kill city, right? Absolutely. And what, so what would, what would that entail? What, how, do we, how do we, as people who love animals, how do we make that goal a little more attainable? 
think we're on a great track. And I think that Chicago has proven that they love their animals and they love dogs. And I think that's amazing. Um, but everyone's got to chip in a little bit. So you can do that a bunch of different ways. First and foremost, go adopt a dog. So, you know, if you're looking <laughs> yes. for a best friend, go to your shelter or your local rescue and adopt from them. Um, if you already have a dog or you can't have a dog or, or whatever, you have some other avenues. You can um, foster a dog. So you can take one in temporarily through our group or through any of the other groups in Chicago. You can come and volunteer at our adoption center and help the dogs that are waiting for homes. Um, you could also make a monetary donation. And, you know, we're rescuing animals that are very sick, very injured, that need a lot of veterinary care. So donations allow us to continue our work. Well, let's talk about that because uh, you guys are in the midst of a huge capital investment campaign, uh, one that's uh, kind of unprecedented and is in multi phases. So give us a brief overview and then we'll drill down a little bit on it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're calling it the One Tail at a Time Cooperative. And the idea is that we have all of these different programs or buildings that are going to work together to help us make Chicago a no-kill city. So right now we have our adoption center, and our next expansion is phase one, we're calling it, and that is going to be our behavior and training center, and then also mobile adoption truck. So those two things are going to help us um, really focus on getting dogs adopted more quickly so we can take more in. And then also the, the training center is all positive training. Um, it's, we have wonderful licensed trainers who are going to give care to the most vulnerable animals, which is really important to us. Um, and then we're going phase two. So we're not stopping there. Um, and in that phase, we are doing two really big things. So um, we are opening up a center that is, we call it our ISO house, and ISO is short for isolation, and that means the dogs that are going there are sick, and they need to be isolated from other animals. So the unfortunate thing about our Chicago shelters is that all of those dogs that go in there are exposed to upper respiratory illnesses. So like you may have heard of canine flu or kennel cough right. or things like that. So those dogs are coming to us very, very sick, and they need to be given lots of care and time to decompress. So that's what we do at our ISO center. Um, that's really focused on our Chicago dogs. That's really important to us that we rescue locally and help the animals that are in our backyard, and there's so many of them. So we're very excited about that building. And then the veterinary center is going to allow us to do everything we're already doing, but take it in-house and make it cheaper. So our donor dollars are going to stretch. We're going to be able to help two dogs for every one that we're doing right now, and it's going to really be a game changer for us. And part of part of the goal of this campaign is to also help not only the animals but the the people who have the animals. The and a lot of low income a lot of low income residents. There's trouble sometimes keeping keeping their pets. So that part of the part of the focus of the campaign is on that as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really important piece to one tail at a time is we're all animal lovers, but we also, we love people and we love Chicago and we love Chicagoans. So a lot of our programs already focus on helping people keep their pets. So um, our shelter diversion program or just our regular assistance program that helps people who can't afford routine vet care or emergency vet care, we're going to be able to do that on a much larger basis. So, you know, a lot of the people that we see going to shelters and surrendering their pets wouldn't if they had this backup option. So that's the goal between all of our, our programs is to help pets stay where they're already loved. You know, we don't need any more animals in the shelter, so let's keep them in their homes. Let's talk about the behavioral center, which is part of phase one. It's it's directed at how how difficult is it? And I know I mean I've had 
five dogs over the course of uh, course of my life, and each one ad- adapts to coming from the shelter to the home differently. So what? How do we? How do we look at these dogs who maybe have been in a shelter for a long time, maybe been in a shelter a short time? How do we get them ready to go into a forever family? Yeah, that's such a, a good question and such a good point that every dog is different. And that's, you know, one of our, our big mottos here is every dog is an individual. So if a dog comes to us and they're showing difficulty adjusting or they're just they've never had any boundaries. And that's really the main thing that we see is dogs that are like, you know, they're in their teenage years. They're about a year and a half to two years old or nine months. And they've never had any training, never had any boundaries. And they've been stuck in a kennel for months. Right. So they're coming to us and they are just like bursting with enthusiasm. <laughs> and it's our job to sort of teach them impulse control and how to get along with other animals and people so that they can be wonderful pets. So we have two great licensed trainers on staff that really focus on positive reinforcement and working with that specific animal to create a plan so that they can adjust and move into a foster home and then get adopted. And what are you looking for for somebody who wants to either foster foster an animal and then hopefully down the road adopt them? There's Because there's got to be a certain certain kind of person adopts a shelter animal. So, yeah, and I think the cool thing about shelter animals and what we just said is that they're all different, and so many of them are just really easy. So we take people from all experience levels. Um, you know, if, you're, if this is your first pet, we can help you find a dog. Um, if this, you know, you've had dogs for years and years, maybe you can take a dog that needs a little bit more time adjusting or has a little bit more energy. But we really feel like right now in our shelters, there's a dog for everyone. So we have a really good matchmaking program where you fill out an application and then we will help you find the right dog for your home. Um, same thing for foster dogs. So some of our foster dogs are coming in and they just need a place to crash for like about a week. And we help, we ask people to help them with a little bit of housebreaking, a little bit of crate training. But for the most part, these are really good, easy, nice dogs. A lot of people, when it comes uh, when it comes to adopting, everybody, you know, puppies are cute. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Who doesn't love a puppy? <laughs> I've been thinking about them this yeah, whole time. There's, puppies are adorable. <laughs> but there's a lot of really good dogs that have, you know, they've been around a little while. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they're any, you know, less of a great companion. Is it a challenge to get senior dogs? adopted is it what do you have to do to make the extra push for those dogs yeah it could be a little bit more of a challenge and we actually we don't do a lot of we don't rescue a lot of puppies here just because we we focus on the animals that are are really the most vulnerable um so we get a lot of adult dogs and the thing i love about them is that we are we know their personality so it's easier to match adult and senior dogs with people because we're like, this is this is them. You know, we know they're good with dogs. We know they're good with kids or cats, or we know they prefer whatever type of home. So it's actually easier for us to match someone with a dog, um, an adult dog. But we do, you know, we have some senior campaigns and little fun adoption events to try to push those guys because they do tend to have a little bit longer of a wait. And we actually... We have a couple of great dogs. You know, if anyone out there is looking for, like, an easy couch companion... Go on our website and check out Joan and Thelma and Waverly. Those dogs have been waiting for a couple months now, and they're really, really good, nice dogs. And that website, for those who are wondering, is onetail.org. Onetail.org. Heather Owen is the executive director. Now, you're so far you've been making good progress on the uh, on the One Tail at a Time cooperative. You're about halfway to your goal. Uh, what's the What's the timetable, or is there a timetable? 
we're hoping that, you know, within a year, we'll be able to have the entire thing funded because we want to we want to hit the ground running and we don't want to have to be waiting for funding. So the nice thing about it is that it's set up where you can contribute as much or as little as you want and every little bit helps. So you can go on and make a $20 donation and that's going to go towards our growth and expansion and, and helping more animals. We also have a lot bigger opportunities like naming rights. You can sponsor a kennel, a lot of fun things you can do in your, in your business name or your family name or your dog's name to be able to support us. But um, we're going to be running this thing as, as long as we need to, to get it rolling. And we got is now has phase one started or is it going to start once the once the money's there? Have you guys started oh, with the center? And- yeah, it started. Um, the behavior center is really close to opening up. We've been making it you know nice and pretty so the dogs will have a, a good place to to relax in and um, it should be ready pretty soon. So we're actually we're waiting for a few more kennel sponsors um, so we don't have as many kennels as we want and we'll order those as they come in. But that's gonna that's gonna get rolling. Um, the phase two, we need to wait until we we get more funding for that. Well, it's a it's a great cause, and anybody who loves animals, you know, look into it. Go to onetail.org. You can donate to the One Tail at a Time Cooperative. Help create a, another safe space for vulnerable animals in the city. Heather, good luck. I appreciate it. Keep us posted on the progress. Okay. Oh, we will. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. That's Heather Owen. She is the executive director of One Tail at a Time. You can go to onetail.org. I can't look at the page anymore because I'm looking at these uh, pictures of these dogs. I don't We don't have room at home. I just, anytime I look at anything related to dogs, I'm like, I will give up my space. I will adopt every dog on this page. That's the problem. Young and old. I will sleep on my floor. I love them. This is so cool that they're doing all this stuff. Like, you guys, if you don't have a pet and you think maybe you should have a pet, this sounds like the organization to go to. They're making it so easy for you. Soon there will be dogs on a bus coming to your neighborhood. That's <laughs> all. I can't get it out of my mind. Dogs on Incredible. a bus. Maybe that's what they call it. Dogs, dogs on, on a bus. bus. All right. It's a onetail.org. Let's do this. And there's more. It's WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. Molly Noonan's here. Hello. It's Father's Day. Hope you will. Hope you are enjoying yourself. I uh, hope you have not been run over by one of the new electric scooters that are on town. Do they have that in New York City? The electric, the uh, shared scooters, I have like the. No interest in finding out any more information about those scooters. Why are they a thing? I don't know if they have them in New York. Please be safe out there, you guys. Wear a helmet and also consider <laughs> your choices. Why are you taking them? I uh, because we're lazy because we cannot walk. They look kind of be... fun, but I know if I no, tried one, I would. I would. Yeah, die. you don't need one. I would certainly. You like to you fall down. The other day on a in my apartment, basis. I fell over and I was just standing still. That's not a joke. Then you need to go to the doctor. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody just falls over. If you're just standing and you fall over, you, you know have when you some lean sort of a little problem. Bit no, and you're just like, well, no. It's a, it's a classic. Well, you know? I'm much older you than guys, you, and like, I don't just somebody fall over. listening is like, I just did that. She hears me. That's right. I no, hear you. I don't. I don't hear. You. But yeah, the scooters. I don't know. I don't know if they have them in New York, but they are stressful to see. It seems. Uh, I don't know. It seems like just another thing that is going to screw up traffic. And I know I sound like a cranky old man. So here's here's the deal. Ten companies were uh, able to put out 250 scooters each. That's a grand total of what? Let's see if your Tulane education paid 2, off. 2,500 scooters. scooters. Live right. on our streets. Yes. Uh, and they're all, you know, Lyft has some. There's Bird, Bolt, Groove, Jump, Lime, Lyft, Sherpa, Spin, How many of Veal those Ride were real Reels. companies and how many did you just That's right. How many did I make up? up? That's, a, that's another game. We could win a prize. We don't have any more prizes, I don't think. Uh, so, yeah, 
I haven't seen them there now. You by law you don't have to wear a helmet, but uh, people are Molly encouraged you, and other people are encouraging you to wear a helmet. Uh, just like if you're biking, you should wear a helmet. But uh, again, I don't, I don't think I need to see these. I know, I know, I don't need to see these zipping around town. It just, um, it's it, just it an seems electric silly. scooter, right? We're it's on just the same an electric page. Scooter. It's, just... it's like a razor scooter with a motor on it. Yeah, I'll and be it's honest. It's for people who are too lazy to walk. No, they might be fun. People have skills. I was not no. skilled at. Ra- I was afraid to have one of those. This is not for people with skills. This is people who are like, oh, I gotta walk four blocks. I'm gonna take a little scooter. The 15-mile-an-hour scooter. But you have to ride them in the bike lanes. And we all know that uh, cyclists are very territorial about their bike lanes. They don't want, uh, you know, these are people who are causing a vehicle to move with their legs, with their their physical being. They don't want to see a little little zippy, pippy uh, scooter man zipping by, or lady. I don't You know, you can be both genders to, or all genders to ride losing, scooters. we're losing cyclist listeners. There. I don't, it doesn't matter. If you're a cyclist, you know, you know, you know. I like you and all, but sometimes, hmm, not all, of, not all of you, not you all of you pay attention. So you can go on the smartphone app's website or customer service phone number to locate and unlock the scooters. It's like a, it's like Pokemon Go for transportation. It costs a dollar to unlock and fifteen cents per minute of use. Vendors are also required to provide access to their system to users without a smartphone or debit or credit cards. I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe just a guy with a shed. Scooters for um, rent. If you see that, just to be clear, uh, don't approach rent. a guy that sounds like that or uh, yeah. is offering you a scooter from a shed. Just a guy in a shed on the side of the... It's all the old newsstands that used to sell uh, newspapers and pornography on at the corners, and there's still one in Berwyn. What? There's still an old newsstand that has newspapers, magazines, and pornography. It's, it. it's right around the corner. <laughs> it's right on a ma- major street. Like, oh my... Wow, what is that? Anyway... So, yeah, if there's a guy just in a shed, there's a good chance he uh, he probably pilfered those scooters. So you don't want to rent them from him. Uh, scooters can be parked anywhere. No, see, again, I, I hear that sentence. Scooters can be parked anywhere. And I envision a lot of people who really uh, don't care about the city just leaving them wherever. Just willy-nilly tossing the scooters around. Uh, they must be upright, they say, and they can't be left blocking sidewalks. Okay. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, users have to take a picture of how they park the scooter to send to the vendors. What? What is this, this? Sounds like if you trust me nightmare. enough to give me a scooter, nope. Let me drive it as I see fit. I don't. I don't trust anybody enough to give them a scooter. So the pilot program runs uh, until October fifteenth. It allows vendors to operate only within the pilot area from five a.m. to ten p.m. So that's good. You can't have drunk scooter ride. Well, I guess you can after happy hour you scooter home. Now, what are you your be, hours? Uh, I drink late. Post 5 a.m. I don't start drinking till after 10. I drink from 10 to 5. The times when I, you know, why I drink from 10 to 5? So I'm not tempted to take a scooter. That's why Cody seemed, I'm glad Cody came back because when I saw this story, I'm like, oh, this is right up Cody's alley. Just a goofy little thing to be. We're talking around. scooters, Cody. I saw you. Oh, we have I to, saw oh. you panic. We're talking about scooters you can rent, yeah. like, and just jet he around knows. on them. He's all right. So Irving Park. I'm not okay with it. Halstead Street, Chicago River on the east, Irving Park on the north, City Boundary, and Harlem Avenue on the west, and the river on the south. So how big of a radius is that? It's big enough, and it covers it covers all areas of the city, and people are scooting around. Have you seen any yet? They started yesterday. And you're right up. You're like you're in the heart of what I would consider hipster scooter land. Scooter territory. Yeah, a lot of guys with beards and flannels and knit caps, and they're scootering around, and some basic ladies on their, uh, uh, you know, scootings. Dude, I don't want to be negative, but they are a nightmare. When I was in Washington, D.C., people were zipping around. Oh, wait. Yeah. 
I was in D.C. and had the same experience. Walk mm. with your feet. Like, imagine yes. you're on a sidewalk and there are these people barreling past you at 20 to 30 miles an hour all the time. They don't make any noise. You have no idea what's coming. <laughs> like, people are going to get hurt. Of course people are going to get I'm, hurt. I'm telling you that as a matter of fact. This is not a threat. People are going to objectively <laughs> I get... I hope you're threat, not threatening people. Well, I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to use these scooters. But I am telling oh, you, not. please be very careful around these scooters. And please, please, parents, please keep your kids responsible and... Not flying into people. Get yeah, there's them a good 11, old classic push scooter. Uh, let's see, Chicago. Can we top this? Eleven scooter rider deaths since the beginning of 2018. What? Are can you we serious? Do, can we do better? Yes, that's according to the Associated Press. I didn't just make that up, dude. I don't make up death statistics, That'd Cody. Be horrible. <laughs> what am I, the Washington Post? I'm not. I'm, on, <laughs> I'm not on board with this. Nor am I. But good luck. I'm going to stay out of the city until October 15th. And then I will come back in. Speaking of coming back in, we'll come back and talk to you after I do this on 720 WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN, here until 7. Molly Noonan is in with me today. It's, oh, it's the big Noonan broadcast, father-daughter team. Uh, sweeping the nation, Roger. This is the next big thing. You'll it's hear us. Sweeping the nation. <laughs> yes, you're going to hear us syndicated in all the small really? markets throughout the rural Midwest. Yes, it, it's oh, the, I can't uh, wait. Is it kind of like the Osmond family? It's going to be the Noonan family uh, broadcast? Is that how it's going to be? Wow. Uh, well, because you have family in both, I guess. Yeah. I guess the similarity would end there because I am neither country nor rock and roll. I oh. can't be put in a box. Molly, uh, do you like to be characterized? I wish I could make more of a reference right now, but I don't <laughs> have the ability to do that. Right. So I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to hold on a firm probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, but, you know... Our fam- uh, the the uh, look. I'm going to make the most ham-handed segue and tie-in uh, right now. This is going to be unbelievable. Here we go. <laughs> uh, speaking of family, our family is Irish. We like to pay tribute to our Irish heritage wherever we can. And How, so, how'd you like the- <laughs> in the most natural <laughs> no, way possible. Not at all. We've you know on the show we've had we've had uh, Irish musicians on here before, and and I always love it because we spend a lot of time at the Irish American Heritage Center, and we're doing that. But today we bring in some of the students from the Shepherd School of Irish Music because these uh, these kids have been working hard, and now they have achieved a great goal and are going back to the motherland to conquer all the uh, native Irish people and their music because Woo. that's right we're sending we're sending a band of well-meaning and talented Chicagoans over to Ireland to dismantle the Irish music hierarchy of uh, the Emerald Isle that's what we're doing and uh, so I get to say hello <laughs> to uh, Devin Sh- somebody's whispering in there Devin, Devin he's talking Devin to us Devin he's to getting go. ready to talk to us the kids will mock Devin the, for this they're gonna be oh they're all it's, it's fun I get to watch what's happening Devin Shepherd is the is the man from the Shepherd School of Irish Music and he has brought a talented group of young people with him today Devin thanks for coming in good to see you thanks Hi. a million for having me and uh, you've got uh, you've got a lot of uh, very talented musicians in there and they're all uh, they're all looking a little a uh, little nervous, and they're looking at you with a little bit of mockery in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but this, that's the norm. Yes, but this <laughs> is a this is a, a big deal. Tell us because I don't. I'm going to try to pronounce uh, flaciole, but I, I probably it's pretty good. Is it? Yeah, that's pretty good. I'll all accept right. it. All right. So <laughs> first of all, what is that that I'm talking about? Why why are you taking this group of young people over to Ireland? 
Well, uh, there's a lot of reasons to take them over to Ireland. Uh, some of them will be going, by the way, for the first time, uh, which is just, that's in itself an awesome reason, just, just for them to be able to have an excuse to get over there and experience Ireland, everything that is at I in Ireland. And also, there is a huge festival there, the Flockhill, and uh, it includes competitions, which we are qualified to compete in and which we are going to compete in, so we're very happy about that. Um, we qualified, we got first place in the regional competition here, and uh, so we're super excited. That qualifies us to compete over there on the for the world championships, I guess you could say. Wow, but, yeah. and this is a group of, congratulations. Thank you. This is a group of students from 15 to 18, is that the, is that the age range of this yeah. group? Yeah, and, it, and it, we, it turned out actually we have two age ranges now because we added on uh, a second group that we hadn't originally been planning to go. They just competed here regionally and they qualified as well so the 12 to 15 aged group led by sean ryan and clota ryan um, is going to go and also the 15 to 18 group uh, led by myself and marta cook is also going to go very exciting mm -hmm. so when you when you go to compete because uh, i'm sure for the uninitiated they think well how much irish music can there be that they're having these huge festivals and competitions around the country how big is the, the irish music scene now and how has it evolved over the last say five or ten years I think it's uh, it's huge, you know, and and these festivals really kind of um, they help kind of push the push the music because everybody gets excited, and then you get to the festival, you get together, you meet new musicians that um, you wouldn't otherwise meet, and you play together in the pubs, on the streets, on stage, and um, so that's a great thing as well for about this is that they get to meet all kinds of musicians, and it kind of fires them up for the rest of the year to keep going, playing, performing, and getting better, and all that stuff. Now, when you go to Ireland, you said this is all world, so. There will be there will be groups of musicians coming from all over. How how do you keep these kids uh, relatively calm? Because as you said, some of them it's their first time. This is this is a big deal. You know, winning in the Midwest that's a big deal. But now now you're in Ireland. These people these people didn't pick up instruments when they were like seven. They came out of the womb. Uh, they were fiddling while they were while they were feeding with their mom. It's you know. This is in their blood. That's true. Well, one thing I want, one thing that uh, to remind you of and remind the students of is that we have a huge Irish music community here in Chicago, and right. so we shouldn't go over there and feel at all like we're, uh, you know, um, out of place because we have a huge, wonderful community here of Irish musicians from Ireland and also Irish American musicians and also musicians who are steeped in the tradition who may not have any Irish background at all. So he, Chicago is huge for Irish music and has been for hundreds of years. So, well, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about a way that people can help you guys achieve your goal and help help uh, fund this trip. We've got a big fundraiser coming up, but let's uh, let's give everybody a little taste of what they would be helping to support. So, do you have a tune for us? Yes, we do. Two fantastic tunes. These were part of our competition pieces, and this is called the Dairy Maid, and the second one is called the Mossy Banks. All right, and this is the Shepherd School of Irish Music. Thank you.
The Shepherd School of Irish Music, they are heading to Ireland to compete in the All-Ireland Flaciole. Close enough. Uh, we are going to find out. I'll give you all the information. They're having a big fundraiser coming up on June 27th to help these kids go over. When we come back, we will meet the uh, the students. Devin will uh, tell us who is with him in there, who is making all this uh, wonderful Irish music. We'll t- tell you all about the fundraiser and hear some more tunes. It is 720 WGN. Uh, Devin, before we go any further, let's introduce. Uh, let's introduce who's here. Okay, we've got a lot of kids here. So we have uh, on fiddle Sophia Pogni, on fiddle Orla Ryan, on fiddle Trina Hanley, on fiddle Shane Crane. We have on accordion Connor Hernan, on concertina Joseph Shine, on concertina Francesca Pogni, on flute is Ashleen Hanley, on flute is, is JJ Hernan. On Bauron is Liam Godley, and on the Irish Illin Pipes is Liam Shine. Very nice. And now we talked about, and we'll get into more of the details, but you guys are going to Ireland. Well, that costs a lot of money. It's a, it's a big undertaking to get the, all these uh, students, their, uh, their instruments, everybody over to Ireland. So you guys are having a fundraiser to help cover some of the expense at Chief O'Neill's. Uh, what's, but... It's not just, hey, come in and give us money. No, 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 no. The Irish know how to do this, and the folks from Shepherd School of Irish Music know how to do this. Uh, you're going to get a lot when you come to this fundraiser. 
Absolutely, yes. Uh, one of the exciting things is Liz Carroll, who's a big name in Irish music. Liz Carroll and Marty Fahey will be performing. They're going to be celebrating the 40th anniversary of a classic album, an album I grew up listening to and most people did, um, which was called A Friend Indeed. So it's the 40th anniversary of that. So that in itself is exciting. Also, we have Jimmy Keen performing, another great in Irish music. And myself and Marta Cook will be performing, and Sean and Claude Ryan will be performing. And then we'll have um, maybe just a few minutes of the younger student musicians performing as well. So yeah, we don't need them. Uh, we you don't need them hanging out at night at some tavern. That's Disagree. right. Disagree. No. They sounded so happened. good. We were having a <laughs> dance party in here, you guys. Our arms were, of course, firmly at our sides, and we were grooving in here. That's why you couldn't see us dancing. Only our lower torsos were moving. Uh, so it is January 27th at 8 p.m. at Chief O'Neill's, which is at 3471 North Elston Avenue in Chicago. Mm -hmm. If you go to chicagoirishmusic.com, that's the Shepherd School of Irish Music website. You can get your tickets there, correct? That is exactly it. ChicagoIrishMusic.com for your tickets. And businesses, if you're thinking to yourself, hey, I'd like to, you know, this sounds like something uh, something good. I like musicianship. I love uh, kids who are working hard. They're not out hanging on the streets. They're at home practicing their bowron and their fiddles and their flutes and their accordions and, uh, and their illin pipes. We want them. We want to support them. Well, listen, businesses, you can uh, you can help sponsor too. So just go to uh, ChicagoIrishMusic.com and do all that. We'll come back. We're going to hear a tune now, and after the news, I want to talk to you a little bit, Devin, about about the school and how these uh, how long some of these kids have been playing. Because I know a lot of these musicians start very very young, uh, so we'll do all that. But let's hear another tune, shall we? Fantastic. Uh, this is a tune called "Tell Her I Am." What it is we're telling her we are, I don't know, but it's just called "Tell Her I Am." All right. A classic tune from around here in Chicago. Tell her I 
nice. That's a Shepherd School of Irish Music. They are headed over to Ireland to compete in the All-Ireland. They need your help to get there. A big fundraiser and uh, wonderful performances at Chief O'Neill's on June 27th at 8 p.m. You can go to ChicagoIrishMusic.com to get all the details and get your tickets. And uh, if you go, uh, when you go, I'm not, I'm not going to give you an opportunity to say no. You have to go to the fundraiser. You're going to hear Liz Carroll and Marty Fahey. You're going to hear uh, Jimmy Keene, Sean and Claude Ryan, Devin Shepard and Marta Cook. Maybe some of the maybe some of the students from the school. If uh, you know, if Devin puts them on early, because there's you're cur- lucky, yeah, am I right? There's curfews in this town, <laughs> Devin. You can't have these kids out running the streets at all hours, schlepping their uh, their instruments up and down. After the news, we're going to find out a little more about the uh, School of Irish Music, and then we will hear another tune before we send these people off to the Emerald Island for what I'm sure will be a huge victory, making all of us here in Chicago proud. We'll do all of that after this. It's 720 WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. Molly Noonan's here. Cody's here, as he always is. Uh, Roger's here. And uh, you know who else is here? All the, not all the folks, but a wonderful group of young musicians from the Shepherd School of Irish Music. They have beaten the local competition. They dominate the Midwest, and now they head over to Ireland to compete in the All-Ireland, uh, Cody, what'd you call it? A flaciole? Is that what That's what Cody called it. I don't know if Devin calls it that. He probably says it much better than I do. But the point is, these kids are going to Ireland. They are going to represent the United States. They are going to represent Chicago. They are going to represent the Irish music community that is here and is strong and is uh, very proud of them. But they need your help. So they are having a wonderful fundraiser at Chief O'Neill's on June 27th. Chief O'Neill's, of course, is at 3471 North Elston in Chicago. You can go to ChicagoIrishMusic.com to get your tickets. There will be performances by Jimmy Keene, Sean and Clotta Ryan, uh, Devin Shepard and Marta Cook, uh, students from the Shepard School of Irish Music, and special guests Liz Carroll and Marty Fahey, who are celebrating the 40th anniversary of their classic album, A Friend Indeed. So if you go to ChicagoIrishMusic.com, you can get tickets for that event. But Devin, you said you guys are doing uh, some other events on Tuesdays as well? We are, yeah. We're playing. Uh, we're having great fun playing for Kaylee Dances, which is a, a traditional form of group dancing in Irish music, social dancing. And we're doing that at 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday nights at Gaelic Park, which is outside Chicago. Oh, very nice. Yeah, 147th, uh, a little bit west of of Central. And uh, so that's Gaelic Park on Tuesday nights, 7.30 p.m. So those proceeds, the group there has been very generous with us as well, and those proceeds are also benefiting the school. All right, let's talk about these uh, these young people that you have with you because they're very, very talented musicians, obviously. We've been listening to the tunes they've been playing. So how how long have most of them been with you, and at what age are you finding that um, kids are starting to pick up these instruments? Because when I, you know, when I was little, the only people I saw with fiddles were either country people or classical violinists, and now these uh, ladies and gentlemen that are playing the fiddle and all the other instruments in here, they are very accomplished for so being so young. Yeah, some of them start as young as four years old, so um, they have quite a few years of music under their belts, and uh, uh, they've been with me for some of them just recently, just in the last few months, um, have come to the school, and then others have been with us for three or four years now. So, and how how does this how does the chain of events for this kind of competition work? You said you won the Midwest, but were there were there events to qualify you to get into that competition to then? hopefully qualify to go to the All-Ireland? No, really, that one's just open to whoever. So, yeah, so uh, um, 
Yeah, that one's open to whoever. But um, in in uh, Ireland, you have to go through two qualifying rounds, um, your regional and then your province, I believe, before okay. you can do the All-Ireland. But in, in America, it's just... So there's an East Coast in America, Flocule, which I judged this last um, week. And uh, there's a Midwest Flocule as well. So there's two in America where you can qualify for Ireland. And when you're judging these, obviously you're seeing these other groups. Um, what Are you seeing a difference in region like if if you're out east because the music is all traditional irish music so is there is there a regional difference here in the states or is everybody kind of playing the same stuff no no there's a big regional difference there there's a few teachers there they have a very distinct style and you can hear that in the playing over there so there's there's a great style over there of playing and and there's a deep tradition over there like in new york city and all the east coast cities as well because a lot of musicians moved from ireland over there in say the 20s and 30s there was a big ethnic record boom over there and um, a lot of musicians made their living over there just as irish musicians and made tons of records such as Michael Coleman would be the most famous one and there are people alive today who played with who played music and made music with students of Michael Coleman so the uh, the tradition goes back and it's not that far uh, removed so they have that style still to a large degree so you can hear the difference so when you guys get to Ireland and these musicians how does it how does it work is it um, I know it's a big festival but are you playing do you go into like do you go to compete in one main hall are you guys scattered around the country and then as you like a sweet 16 bracket as you get closer do you end up in in one city look at that all the kids are laughing hey listen I'm not Focky Olin all over the place I, you know I'm asking questions people don't know you guys grew up with this other hey, people I get didn't. this all the time Brian don't worry they're always laugh i'm saying I something know. serious and they're just snickering i can't even hold i don't know how straight. you work with teens Devin. i gotta be honest uh, i'd have to be in another room just sending them texts to uh, give them instructions and there's so many of them it's they're intimidating yeah they're, they do they look like a they're snickering as a pack i can see them on the screen I, yeah. I have chills we see you guys we see what you're doing in there chills you're yeah. like a well-armed street gang of musicians yeah <laughs> secret codes and everything yeah i don't oh i don't cotton to it but anyway Devin. so what now that yeah. when you take these ne'er-do-wells that's right uh when you take them over to ireland and instead of just unleashing them on the public how how does this work yeah so um they they have practice rooms ready to go for us the competition organizers have practice rooms and there's a huge festival by the way happening and these competitions are just part of that festival there's concerts and all kinds of things there's street musicians there's oh, nice. pub sessions and the town gets flooded with like 400,000 people literally oh man so it's a huge festival happening in a small town all the businesses thrive but they're all swamped for the week so it's a fun time um lots of music going on and performances and fun things and then there's the competition off kind of away from all of that ruckus and that's over in like different school buildings and things like that so the, it is spread out throughout the town which is drahada this year is the town that it's in so the competitions will be in different buildings around the town and is there is there a trophy is it medals is it cash is there just a huge barrel of beer what do you win <laughs> uh hopefully no beer but uh, speak for yourself, Devin. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> for the children, be, no. Yeah, medals and trophies. No. That's it. Just medals and trophies. There's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with medals and trophies. No, nope, nope. good for you. All right. So again, if you want to help support these, well, I used to think they were fine uh, young people, and then they started <laughs> laughing at me. So now they're you know talented teenage musicians who are playing wonderful Irish music. If you want to help them in their quest to get to Ireland, go to uh, go to ChicagoIrishMusic.com. The first event or one of the events is 
June 27th at Chief O'Neill's. It starts at 8 p.m. A lot of wonderful, wonderful music that night to help uh, help these kids. You can go to Gaelic Park every Tuesday at 7.30 and help support them as they play for dances. So go to ChicagoIrishMusic.com. You can get all your tickets. Uh, let's hear uh, Let's hear another tune before you guys head out. What do you Fantastic. got for us? Thank you so much. So we're hey, gonna, you know we're what, gonna, Devin? One more. Yeah. Uh, introduce, introduce. Even though, even though they're on my bad side now, introduce <laughs> the kids one more time because somebody, somebody may be listening, and maybe there's a warrant out for them, and now we know where they are. <laughs> All right, I'll do it one more time. So we got on fiddle Sophia Pogni, on fiddle Orla Ryan, on fiddle Trina Hanley, on fiddle Shane Crane, on accordion, also referred to as the box. It's Connor Hernan. On concertina, but he also plays guitar, is Joseph Shine. On concertina is Francesca Pogni. And she also plays, is a great fiddler, by the way. And a great singer and flute player playing flute today is Ashleen Hanley. And we have uh, J.J. Hernan on flute. And on baron is Liam Godley, who's celebrating the graduation from high school. Oh, congratulations. And, and then finally on flute and the Irish pipes is liam shine yeah liam liam devin i don't know uh, i don't know what kind of tight ship you run at that school over there liam just laying his flute all over the floor willy-nilly doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem to keep an eye yeah, on yeah i'm gonna bring yeah, the flute and i'm the bad guy yeah. and it's like okay liam yeah. you can't just you can't just go find a shop on the corner to buy no. one of those irish flutes by the way no so. these are not you know you can't run over to cvs it's not a kazoo liam it's a, it's a, a musical <laughs> instrument take care of your things yeah <laughs> all right what are we <laughs> Now that, it, it now that we've Brian. turned Liam's friends against <laughs> yes, him. Now, oh, see, now <laughs> Liam knows how it feels. That's We're not bullying you, Liam. Yeah. We love you. You're doing a great Don't job. Don't ever mess with the radio host. No. no. <laughs> in all in all seriousness, you guys sound terrific. I'm very proud of you. Uh, I've, I've had some of you on before. I'm very proud of you for going over there. Represent us very well. Uh, you guys are terrific. Everybody needs to go and help these kids raise some funds. Go to uh, ChicagoIrishMusic.com to buy your tickets. And go to Chief O'Neill's. You will hear some great music that night for a great cause. What are you going to leave us with? Well, um, I'm going to leave you. This one goes out to Frank Burke, and we also had an anonymous donation in honor of Frank Burke. Frank was a great player um, who most of us knew, and I played with him since I was probably 11 years old. And he was a fabulous fiddle player who sadly passed away not long ago. But um, he was very encouraging to all the musicians, and a huge donation was made to our school in honor nice. of Frank recently. So this goes out to Frank and our anonymous donor. And um, this is going to be simply a polka, because I can't think of the name of it, which is pretty common <laughs> here, but we know the notes, so that's the important part. So there you go. We'll finish off with a polka here.
Very nice, very nice. The Shepherd School of Irish Music. They are heading over to Ireland to compete in the All Iron All Ireland Flockyol. So you need to help support them. Help get them there. Go to Chief O'Neill's on June twenty seventh and uh, have a wonderful, wonderful time. Listening to the music of Jimmy Keene, Sean and Claude Ryan, Devin Shepard, and Marta Cook. Some of the students from the Shepherd School of Irish Music and special guests Liz Carroll and Marty Fahey, who are celebrating the 40th anniversary of their classic album, A Friend Indeed. You can also go to Gaelic Park on Tuesday nights. Although all the proceeds to help these guys go over to Ireland and compete. Once again, you guys sounded terrific. Congratulations. Best of luck to you over there. And uh, remember, stay out of the pubs. It's a devil's work over there. Just uh, <laughs> focus on your music. And Liam, keep your instruments off the ground <laughs> because those Irishmen are going to go they're going to be stomping you might get some Lithuanian Irish music player and they're going to try any dirty trick they can to defeat you guys so be on don't rest for a minute be hyper vigilant that's my message to you congratulations good luck over there Devin thanks a lot thank People you can, so much you are welcome chicagoirishmusic.com is where you can get your tickets and all the information chicagoirishmusic.com alright let's do this then there's a little more and then we go home it's WGN Now you've got it. Yeah. I'm going to let this roll, Cody. Talk it right up to the post. Pretend we're doing classic rock on Father's Day. No, I'm not. Ah, uh, that used to be my ringtone. Just little side, little Father's Day fun fact, Molly. It used to be my ringtone, too. Really? Yes. Dead wow. serious. That's why Cody and I are simpatico. Wow. Remember when ringtones that were customized were cool before yes. everyone had their phone on silent at all times? I never have my phone uh, a ring around my phone. You are right. My phone, I don't have it on vibrate. I have it on nothing. What I can't figure out is when you're at the opera or a play or the theater <laughs> and someone's <laughs> phone starts... How often start... are you going, oh, I know, I shouldn't ask that. I know Cody goes to the opera. We, we both go all the time. But when someone's phone starts ringing, 90% of the time, they don't, you know, you... You can reach and you can hit side buttons and usually it'll silence yes. that. But a lot of people, they like, they take the phone out so it gets louder. Then they right. look uh, at it and they're like, what could this possibly I be? at the movies last week. The cinema? The cinema in New York City. And let me tell you, I was having wow. a lovely film experience. Everything was great. What do I hear? Someone's phone going off. I'm like, okay, Molly, it's fine. Just let them turn it off like a normal person with that sneaky side swipe. What did this person do? Take out their phone, answer the phone. Shut up. Only to say, <laughs> yeah, I know. He that's doesn't, what he I doesn't said. mean he's disagreeing with his, your story. Like, that's his passive aggressive way to tell you to actually My shut jaw up. dropped, and the guy was like, I'm at the movies. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to take your phone. And break movies. it in front of your eyes. And then you think, oh, what a crazy time Molly had at the movies. Hold up. 15 minutes later, what do I hear? Same Another guy? phone. The wife of the original guy receives a call. What does she do? Sneaky sideswipe? No. She takes out her phone, answers the phone. Right. Now they've both had two co- Ridiculous. Anyways. That is ridiculous. I want to know where you can go to the pictures and have a <laughs> cell phone reception. That's a that was barely a sentence. Yeah, I, <laughs> Let's start there, that there over. There were words that sounded like they should be words that I recognized, and yet I did not. Yeah. 
Wow. Why do you not get? See, I wouldn't know. I'll be honest. I wouldn't know if I have cell reception in a movie theater because I'm a civilized human being. <laughs> I turn my phone. I don't turn it off, but again, it's on silent. It doesn't vibrate. There's no vibrating, so you don't hear like my pants have gotten very like a, you know I'm microwaving a potato what? in my pants. How could that, that sentence have possibly? I usually call ended. HR when that happens in here. When I'm microwaving potato. Well, if they put a microwave in here, like I asked. No, and your pants start when we going. Started, well, I mean, sure, I'm. You know, I don't know what's. Got a forthcoming. Lot of happening. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I wouldn't know. Do movie theaters not usually have uh somebody somebody's phone went off yesterday during Debbie's graduation. Right well, behind a million us. Phones went off yesterday. I know. People are, you know, people are very oh, they gotta be uh, in contact. Maybe people all the time. leave their volume on happening. so that that will happen to them. So they'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry, that's just me, an important businesswoman taking a call. Nobody mind me. Like, put your phone on silent. What do you have to prove? Ugh, I can't. <laughs> She can't, Cody. Said enough. Done. Said enough. How uh, people people ask me all the time because we talk about it. Everything. Uh, how is New York? This is how. This is so I don't. I don't. This is how I avoid small talk on the ride home. I say, <laughs> so how's, how's New York? Uh New York is fine. I'm an Upper East Side girl now, so yeah, you, I've you traded Jefferson'd in it. all my clothes for full Lululemon sets. I'm jetting around. I live across Please the street from kidding. a celebrity. I'm kidding. I won't tell you who it is because you could look it up and murder me. But things have changed. I used wow. to get woken up by crazy people screaming is it a Kardashian? on the street, and is now it, is it an Instagram influencer? No, no, no. It's not. She, an I don't Insta- think she's an influencer. All right. Ugh, I can't be tracked. I don't want to confess who it is. Wow. But, um, yeah, it's. I don't know. It's. It's She's better big. now. She's big. <laughs> but then it was before. Is it Bette Midler? Instagram influencer Bette yeah, Midler yes. lives across the street from that me. That would be so cool. That would be bananas. Have you seen this so-called celebrity? No. So, Our AC guy told us about her presence. It's a woman. It's a lady. So, so your AC guy. I shouldn't say our guy. A guy. Do you have came... a guy? I, I was going to say <laughs> this is this is how different our lives are. You're an Cody. AC person she has on an retainer. AC, yeah, on retainer. Just an AC guy. Our Geek Squad guy came to install our AC units, All and right. he said we. I was not here for this, but apparently he said, "I've done a lot of AC units in this neighborhood." To which my roommate froze because she didn't know how to respond to that, and then he proceeded to say, "You know whose AC I've worked on? This." Celeb. Now I know who this celeb is, and I've got to be honest. This is no, this is no slam on Best Buy or the Geek Squad because I'm actually swinging by Best Buy on the way home to pick something up, a new purchase for for our new place. But uh, I'm surprised that a, a celebrity of this magnitude, and I will say this: this celebrity is stratospheric. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's nobody on this planet that would not know who this celebrity is. I believe I told you. Yeah, we told him outside. We told, oh, we told you outside. So Molly told you. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I find it hard to believe that she has Best Buy coming to her house to work on her. That yeah. one, that she doesn't have central That's air conditioning. No, that dude. Two, no, that, she, they might have been there for another, I mean, I don't know. But uh, don't yeah, know. maybe they were hooking up a, a TV or Let home theater system. Let me believe that she lives there so I can tell people. But do I want to know that a celebrity of that stature has window units? But right? Brian, it's, it's, it's no New York City, unit. right? The, no yeah, one has some, central air. Some rich people do. Her old apartment, in, her old apartment had central or air. Or neighborhoods that they're trying to get. Gentrify. I would to... guess that 73% of window air conditioning units ever produced are in New York City. And they made they the landlord, they had to have it. They couldn't just do it themselves. They had I to have it professionally installed. Never because... in a million years do it myself. Are you? See, I don't want to be responsible for it. I was going to say, how many, how yeah. many yeah. Uh, air conditioners fall out of windows? A lot, probably. <laughs> I don't want to be... my Now, my AC unit is not street-facing, but I don't know who's... Is it street-legal? Who's out and about in between the buildings? I don't want to kill my super. I don't want to. 
if all right if listen. they if a death happens it's still tragic but at least it won't be my fault <laughs> right well there there's a good chance there's going to be a death in new york city it's a it's a big place all right well i'm glad you were here today this was very exciting yeah it was fun it was fun good to see you uh all right let's do this then we'll uh then we'll wrap things up why not it's time to go home it's father's day it's wgn all right thanks for listening and being part of the program happy father's day molly thank you for coming in thanks for having me you're welcome uh cody always a pleasure roger happy father's day i want to uh, a special thanks real quick to engineers bob ferguson and dan long and chris flores for getting uh the whole deal set up in there for the uh, shepherd school of irish music i pl- appreciate all your help on that so thank you all a wonderful job uh roger have a uh, good dinner tomorrow thank you sir You're on your belated father's day celebration it is always wonderful to see you uh karen conti coming your way on the other side of the news the steve cochran show celebrates the most valuable person on the planet weekday mornings at 720 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN radio on tune in. I will talk to you again next week. The news is sponsored by Penny Mustard Furnishings, 7 o'clock.